we'll be able to shortly. Cool. You ready for the word this morning? Cool. And I know that Noah is working away at getting the sound right. Love our sound guys. You know, I'm going to ask a question. How come the worship leaders never uh, like introduce and say, and by the way, we've got Noah and we've got Haley in the sound room that are making this happen because without them, you couldn't hear us. You know, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, the words. Cool. So, welcome, guys. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Cool. Okay, there are some sermon notes that go with uh, this morning's message, and you will need a pen because there are deliberately blank areas in your notes that you're going to need to fill in. However... Having said that, if you miss one of these particular notes, on the third page of your notes, if you turn the page upside down, you'll see all the answers. <laughs> I, I've done this in the past, and people have come up to me and said, what was that third point? What was the second point? So this eliminates that. You've got the answers right there. Who, who, who else goes to the back of the book for puzzles and gets the answers? Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, I want to see all of you, the rest of you who didn't answer that uh, on the prayer line a bit later. That's cool. Okay, so this morning um, the message is titled Daring to be Generous. This is part 10 of our Daring Faith series that we've been going on for a number of months now. And uh, we've been looking at uh, simply uh, that we are called to grow, to sow and to go in faith. There are around about 7,000, I mean give or take a a few hundred or so, uh, promises in the Bible and each promise has a premise. Uh, And there's more promises about giving than most other subjects in the Bible. And this means that God wants us to know about giving, about being generous. Everybody say generous this morning. Generous. So today I want us to see 12 benefits of being generous. Our giving. Being generous is not about what we hold in our hands, but it's actually about what we release from our hearts to others. uh, Being a generous person is never about what you've got in your hand. Uh, because what you have in your hand may be bigger or smaller than what I've got. It's what about what's happening in our heart. It's about an attitude of heart. It's about something that God is doing on the inside, not in, uh, in our bank accounts or anywhere else. So this morning, we're going to look at 12 benefits of being uh, generous. Number one, and you'll need the, uh, your pens ready. You've got, everyone's got their pen. Show me your pen. Excellent. Love you. Excellent. Fantastic. So number one, generosity honors God. Generosity honors God. Giving is an act of worship. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 says, You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. You see, our generosity actually becomes something that we can honor God through. We, we honor God by giving more than we do by getting. Proverbs 4, verse 31 says, Whoever is generous to, generous to the needy honors God. So when we are uh, actually outworking this thing of generosity, when we are being a generous person, when we're allowing the spirit of generosity to flow through our lives, we're actually honoring God. So honoring God is as simple as giving someone else something in need. We may give them money, it may be a meal, it may be some time, or, a, uh, or demonstrate in some way that you care for that person, but whatever it is that we give, and in doing so, we actually honor God by what we are doing. It's not just about money, it's about an attitude and a way of life. It's a lifestyle of being generous, if you like. So this morning, how will we honor God in our giving this week? How will you honor God? Whatever you do for something, uh, for someone, how will that honor God this week? Number two, generosity draws us closer to God. 
Generosity draws us closer to God. Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 23 says, The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. God's not after your money, He's after your heart. He wants us to make sure that money doesn't have us. That's a good point right there. So why does giving draw us closer to God? Because it helps us to trust Him, to rely on Him. Not just for what we give to others, but what we need in our own lives as well. Whenever I, uh, whatever I invest in is what I'm interested in in life. And if we invest our time, our money, and our energy into something, it shows us that it's important to us. So when we invest in God and His work, it not only honors God, it actually draws us closer to Him because we're showing Him what really matters. We're showing Him that He matters. And the things that are on His agenda, they matter to us. So that's the thing that we're wanting to, to, to partner together with. We're wanting to give into. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. You see, giving isn't about what's in our bank accounts, like I've said already. Giving is about what we release from our hearts. And, it, and more to the point, who's in our heart? Who's in our heart? So how will our giving this week draw us closer to God? How can we use our giving this week to draw us closer to God? How can we trust God more? How can we rely on God more through our giving this week? Because as you do that, you're going to start to find that you'll trust Him, you'll get closer to Him because you need to trust Him for the things that you, you feel in your heart that you need to, to do because the Holy Spirit's talking to you. Number three, generosity makes us more like Jesus. Makes us more like Jesus. God is the most generous person there has ever been or will ever be. You will never outgive God. No one will ever outgive God. Gener uh, governments won't ever outgive God. God is the most generous person that there is. The most generous person who ever lived was Jesus Christ. He willingly gave his life for us on the cross. He gave us uh, the gift of salvation because of his generosity. Anytime we give money, time, energy or anything else, we become more like Jesus. Proverbs 21, 26 says, The greedy always want more, but the godly love to give. It's actually modeling ourselves in the way that Jesus operated in life. He always had time for people. He always did things for people. He always had a word of encouragement. We're more like Jesus when we give, when we're generous in heart. If we want to become more like Christ, then we need to become more generous and love to give. As his children, when we give, when we're generous, we reflect him in our giving. Sometimes when we see a child doing something or saying something, and I've noticed this with my grandchildren, I noticed this with my children when they were growing up, that you know, often, uh, and you can see that around the church and in your relationships as well, you can see a child doing something and say, I know whose kid that is, because you recognize the parent, don't you? It, it's true, isn't it? It, it? That's the way, you can recognize, I know whose, whose parent that is. Or whose child that is, you know. So you can start to see that as, as we're doing things, as we are being generous, we're actually reflecting and being like Jesus because Jesus was generous and he always gave. God wants us to learn how to be unselfish like him. He's not selfish. So in what ways will we be like Jesus this week? This is a very simple message. Number four, generosity is the cure for 
materialism. Materialism. Everyone say materialism. Materialism. It's not about fabric. Materialism is all about getting all we can. We're taking in. It's all about you know, acquiring. It's about getting more and more. I've got to have more. I've got to have more. I've got to have more. The only antidote to the attitude of materialism is giving. Every time, everyone say every time. Every time we give, we break the grip of materialism in our life. We actually break the grip of materialism in our life when we give. Because it breaks the grip that materialism can have in our life. It's a cure for it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, you cannot serve both God and money. In a lot of translations, the word money is actually in capitals because it can be a God to people. It's true. We have to decide what's more important, being rich or serving God. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying here this morning. I'm not saying that we have to be poor. It's not about having lots of money. It's about money not having us. Do you understand? There's a big difference. Okay? I'm not saying you need to, to just give everything away, give your car away, your house away, just live on the streets. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm simply saying is don't let materialism have you. And the cure for materialism is to be a generous person. To truly take hold of all that God has, uh, wants us to have, then we must let go of what we want. Life is not about how much we have, but what has us or who has us. That's the crucial thing. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, it says, Command those who are rich in this world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Did you hear that? God wants you to enjoy things. He gives you things so that you can enjoy them. But he goes on to it and he says, Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll take hold of life that's true life. That's a good scripture right there, isn't it? That's a hunky-dory, that's a fridge one. You know, it's like a back-of-the-toilet-door scripture, that one. It's a, you don't have scriptures on the back of your toilet door? Man. I just let a big secret out there, didn't I? <laughs> okay. The early church, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, was actually renowned, had a reputation for being generous. They were generous. And they actually sold blocks of land to help the people that needed. And this actually spoke powerfully to the generation that was there, to the communities in which they lived. They demonstrated through their giving a way of life that said that they were more interested in reaching lost people and helping them than they were in reaching for more stuff. I love yous. I think you're wonderful people. So ask yourself this week, what do I have or does something have me? See, in your notes, I want you to think over this stuff in this week. All these questions are in your notes. Use it as a a devotion this week. Because these are good questions. It's a heart check. It's a heart check. Number five, generosity demonstrates our faith. Generosity shows we're trusting in the promises of God and we believe them and we trust God. uh, That he's actually going to take care of us 
uh, when we step out in faith and we obey him. I know that there are people maybe that are a little bit concerned that we make a declaration over our offering. It's almost like a, maybe a cringe factor about us doing that as a church. But I've got to tell you, sometimes it takes faith to step out and to obey what you hear God say to you and that you've got to do that. And I've got to tell you that I believe that the results of that have been so many people have been blessed beyond measure as a result of that that I don't believe that maybe they would have to the same level if we hadn't done the declaration. Sometimes it takes faith to step out. And our generosity actually demonstrates our faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 says, Your giving proves the reality of your faith. That's a good scripture, isn't it? I mean, it proves the reality of your faith. Stinginess really indicates unbelief, that we don't really believe God. We don't believe that if we give it away that we'll have enough for ourselves. There's this area of lack of trust and relying on God because we withhold, we tighten up our fists and we don't give up. We keep our pockets remaining, uh, sorry, our hands remaining in our pockets, not our pockets remaining in our hands. It's a bit silly, wouldn't it? I mean, who would have thought? See, our unbelief causes us to be influenced more by worry, by fear and stinginess. But generosity proves that we have a strong faith in God's promises. See, that's why the four cups is so important for us as a church in this season. It teaches us about the promises of of God so that we can live a life of fulfillment. Because each of these four promises, these four cups represent, number one, is salvation. Number two, it's about deliverance. You know, so if you take it from the point of view of Exodus, where God said these things to, to, to Moses, he said, I'm going to do this stuff for you. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is get you out of Egypt. That's salvation. Second thing is, he's going to deliver us. Next thing, God says, I'm going to get Egypt out of you. Because some of us are Christians, and we have been for a long time, but we still live with an Egypt mentality. I mean, can you think about it? Like, you know, you're, you're in this place of slavery. You're in this place of bondage. In, in, uh, in Egypt, and then God takes you out of that. The things that you know are comfortable, the things that you can, you can do, that you can get along with. You can live in slavery and, and make your peace with it, but then suddenly God takes you out of that, and you have to find a whole new way of living. How do you navigate that? We're going to show you. We're going to show you. In this next 12 to 18 months, we're putting things into place. We've got a plan to help people to get Egypt out of them just because God's taken them out of Egypt already. The third thing we need is redemption. We need to find out what a God-given purpose is. Why was I created? We're going to help you find that out. But the fourth thing is, is the fourth cup. It's about a, uh, um, living a life of fulfillment. That's where we join and become integrally connected with the body of Christ to help someone else. Because true, true fulfillment only comes when we start to help other people. As a part of something that's bigger than ourselves... We can help people become bigger people. Is that all right? That's good preaching. The purpose of tithing is to teach us to always put God first in our lives. God doesn't need our money, but he wants what it represents. It represents our gratitude. It represents our priorities. And it represents our faith. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, it says, You are generous because of your faith. It's because you've glimpsed something of God. So we demonstrate our faith through our giving because it's by faith that we step out 
in generous ways. It takes faith to give and to let go of what's in our our heart and our hands, trusting the result to God. Because sometimes he asks us to do something outrageous and we're thinking, how on earth am I going to make the ends meet at the end of the week? Well, you know what? Let's just trust God. Can I encourage you here? If God tells you to do something, just don't throw your brains out. Check it out with people. All right? Have, have a little bit of common sense. People that you know are mature Christians, walk it through. Now, you know, don't let them talk you out of it. You've got to know inside what you, what you feel God is wanting you to do. Okay? But don't throw your brains out. If he tells you to sell your house and give it to the poor, that's a big step. And I would encourage that you need to talk to people that are wise in that area so that you actually check that out and make sure that you are hearing from God. Because your leaders are excited. You're, you're responding to faith. You're in a close connection with God. God's obviously speaking to you. But let's just make sure that this is exactly what we heard and that we've heard it correctly. Is that all right? That's just, that's just a word of wisdom. It's not in your notes. That's free. I won't charge you at the end. It's great. <clears throat> okay. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring your whole tithe to my storehouse. Test me in this, he says, and if, uh, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. See, God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That means the place that we worship. It's the, the local church. Okay? If you're visiting with us today and you, uh, you normally would fellowship in another church, my encouragement to you and my, uh, my instruction to you would be, don't bring your tithe here. Your tithe belongs in your home church where you are regularly fed and where you are regularly a part of that fellowship. However, you wanted to give an offering, that's fantastic. We would love for you to partner together with us to see the gospel go out from this place and affect the Adelaide Hills region. Amen? So that's what he's saying here. So then God says, put me to the test. <laughs> God says, put me to the test. That's, that's out there, isn't it? In a sense, he says, test me and see how I will bless you for your obedience. God says that he will provide all that we need. God miraculously works things out in such a way that when we give him the tithe of 10%, because tithe means tenth, okay, so 10% of our income, when we tithe, he's, he's going to, he makes that 90% go so much further than the whole 100% could go. Now, I'm going to tell you right here, I have no clue how he does that. All I know is it does. I just know it does. Jane and I, uh, you know, we, we've tithe for years we give offerings we've done that for years we 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 like to live a a giving sort of life and I I said to Jane only this week I I looked at our bank account for our mortgage and it's the lowest it's ever been and and we thought coming out of Christmas man we've blown stuff we've we've just overspent you know we thought you know none of you guys would have felt that way of course just me and Jane we just lived that way but you know how does that happen I don't know. Uh, All we do is we just follow what God's asking us to do. And we do it consistently. We don't do it ad hoc. We've got a commitment to seeing this happen every week. Whenever we go, even when we're on holidays, we like to give. It's what we do. So, if you aren't giving to God, can I encourage you to start this week? See it as a step of daring faith to show God that you believe in His promises. Number six, Generosity reveals our character. The word character is the blank. Our giving reveals what kind of heart we really have. Do we have a selfish, stingy heart or do we have an unselfish, generous heart? God uses money to test what's really inside of us. And he can see if we're going to trust him some more. 
You know, I, I heard this statement once, I thought it was a great statement. God quite often offends the mind to see what's in the heart. Did you catch that? God often offends the mind to see what's in the heart. He allows things to come our way because he wants to see what's in our heart. Luke chapter 16 verse 11 says, Jesus, and Jesus said this, if you're untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Wow. See, we think it's all about the money. But God said, no, it's not. There's people's lives are at stake. There are people that need Jesus. There are people that need to be introduced to him. And we need to follow that out and follow that through. And we need the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gift of prophecy, the gift of healings, faith, miracles, etc. Imagine being entrusted with the power that whenever you prayed for someone, whenever you prayed for someone, they got, they got instantly healed, no matter what they had. A common cold, a headache, diabetes. Could God trust you with that? You're all very quiet. It's a good question, isn't it? God wants to. And it's going to depend on what we do with the worldly wealth that we have, the things that we've already got in our hand. Are we being a good steward? Not steward, steward. Are we being a good steward, a good caretaker of what God has given to us? Amen? <clears throat> so ask yourself this week, what am I doing with the wealth I already have? What does my generosity say about my character? Number seven, generosity brings God's blessing. Generosity brings God's blessing. If we want God's blessing in our life, we must learn not to be tight-fisted. We must learn to be open-handed and help others with what God has given to us. The more that we give away of our time, our talent and treasure, the more that God will give to us because our giving actually brings God's blessing. He can actually see that we are not a... Um, uh, a dead sea where everything just of life comes into a dead sea but there's no outworking of that but God sees that we are actually a funnel we are a, 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 a point of transition for the blessing to come through us and to touch the life of someone else and, and when, when God sees that he, he wants to pour more and more through us so Proverbs 22 verse 9 says generous people will be blessed don't take my word for it that's the Bible generous people will be blessed Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give generously, then because of this, God will bless you in all your work and in everything that you put your hand to. Who wants that? I do. We do. We all do. So if we want God to bless all that we do, we, we must give generously. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 7 to 8, God loves the one who gives gladly. And God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there'll be not only enough for your own needs, but plenty left over for, to give joyfully to the others. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hello. That's a good point. I thought that was a good point. So are you expecting God to bless you today? Good. Two people. Excellent. Love that. Because if you're being generous, one of the benefits he promises us is that he will bless us. Number eight, generous, generosity increases our happiness. I don't know about you, I'd get a kick out of giving stuff. 
Oh, I love it. It's just it's it's good fun. You know, yet you feel good inside. It's just it's good, you know? Generous people know this, so the, the ones who don't know it are the ones that aren't generous. Acts chapter twenty, verse thirty five, Jesus said that there is more happiness in giving than receiving. When I was a child at Christmas, it was all about what I got. I don't know about you, you know, it's all about what, 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 and you ripped into the presents, you didn't really care and didn't really read who it was from, so long as you got to the present, you know, the latest car or the latest action man, uh, I, okay, yes, I played with dolls as a child, yeah, got me, at least it wasn't Barbie, come on, okay, so there's this time where we just ripped into those things, all my joy came from the presents that I got, not from the presents I gave to others, I was a child, I was immature, and I was self-centered. But now that I'm a grandfather, today it's not about the presence I get, but the incredible joy I get in giving to my family to watch their faces light up and the squeals of delight when they open a present or a gift. So what happened? Church, I grew up. And some of you are saying, praise God, he's done it finally. Jesus is alive. <laughs> I grew up. I stopped being self-centered. Unfortunately, some people never grow up and they've not learned the joy of generosity. So if you're lacking in joy in your life this week, even right now, can I encourage you to be generous to someone else, to actually engage with this, this, this point that we are going to increase our happiness, our joy, through the simple act of giving to someone else. Number nine, generosity expands our influence. The more generous we become, the more influential we become. Influence comes from what we give away in life, not from what we get. Proverbs 11.24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy will get smaller and smaller. Psalm 112 verse 9, those who give generously to those in need will never be forgotten. They'll have influence and honor. Proverbs 18.16 says, would you like to meet a very important person? Then take a gift and it'll do wonders to gain entrance into their presence. It's great. I, I tell a lot of the young people that I sit down with and I'm just one-on-one uh, -on -one with them, you know, is there an area in life that you want to know more about? Is there an area of life that you have maybe a, a hero, a mentor that you would look to? You know, okay, so my encouragement to you is identify who that person is, have a list of questions ready for that, and then take that person out to lunch. In other words, engage generosity to open the door. Just simply saying, I'd love to take you out to, to lunch. I've got just a couple of questions. And be strategic with your questions. Make them good questions, not dumb ones. We all know the difference between good and dumb questions, all right? So I'm not going to explain it. So we just need to ask good questions and sit down with them and say, and bless them with a generous gift. Okay? Do we want to influence God himself? Here's a really key thing. See, this week, what you could do is to generously give someone a simple glass of water. Because someone in Matthew gave someone a glass of water and it got God's attention. That glass of water influenced God. Who could you do that for this week? Who could you do that for this week? Number 10, generosity multiplies our money. Our money is seed. 
What we sow, we'll reap. We've been talking about this for the last couple of months. The more we sow, the more we reap. So generosity multiplies our money. If we're sowing money, then if we we sow that, we're going to reap money because it's a seed. It would reproduce in like kind. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 2 Corinthians 9.11, You'll be enriched so that you can give even more generously. So in our generosity, God miraculously multiplies our wealth. What are you giving away? Number 11, generosity brings God's protection. And I'm sorry I'm rushing just a little bit now, but um, I think you'll find it's okay. Psalm 112 verses 5 to 9 just roughly says, All goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care or protection of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. So when we're generous, others will actually see how we're blessed. Even in the midst of tough times, when things seem to be going wrong all around us, they'll see God's hand of blessing and protection on our lives. And it all boils down to who we're listening to, who we're being led by, who we have faith in, who are we trusting with our life. So my question to us this week would be simply this. Who are you listening to, being led by, have faith in, or do, who, who do you trust? Number 12, the last one. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. In heaven. 1 Timothy 6, 18 to 19. Use your money to do good, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you'll be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity and they'll be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. Why did we say that? Simply because when you are making an investment in heaven, here on earth, you're going to live a righteous and Christian life because you want to make sure that you reap the benefits when you get to heaven. Is that right? Oh, that's not right. Okay. okay. But it's true, isn't it? You want to make sure you make it. Good point. We can't take it with us. I don't know if you need to know that or not, but you can't. But we can send it ahead of us. We can send it ahead of us. Why? Because Jesus tells us to store up treasure in heaven. And we do that by investing in people here. By investing in God's work, reaching out to others and getting people into heaven and helping them grow strong in their faith. We are actually storing up treasure in heaven for for ourselves in the future. Luke 16, 9 says, I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. What he's saying is this. Take some of your money. Use it to build a bridge of friendship to bring other people to Jesus. And in doing so, to be saved, that they're going to get to go to heaven with you. Everything we spend on ourselves, we're going to lose. But everything that we invest in others, in God's work, we'll gain again in heaven. So this week, Where do you want to keep your greatest wealth? Here or there? As I wrap up and the musos come back. Did you see that subtle hint for the musicians? Hasn't our team done well today? They've done great. There's huge benefits to being a generous person and it all starts with a small step of faith. 
doing small things first, then progressing to something bigger and more generous as we trust God more and more. This series on daring faith, of growing, sowing and going in faith to our world with the person of Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit. And a huge part of that is that we are and we do that as generous believers. This morning, I just encourage us all, step out in being daringly generous in your life. Take a small step at some point today and then start to take bigger steps as you learn to trust God more and more. And as you develop your faith, you become mature, leaving the things of childhood, childish things behind. Is that okay? I hope that's helped someone. Let's stand this morning. Praise God.